Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday, the 7th of December, and we're going to be discussing UPX and FedEx. Joining me on Skype is senior Motley Fool contributor Adam Levine-Weinberg. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, Well, as I said, today we're going to be talking about UPS and FedEx. Um, We thought that as we were well into the holiday season, it would be seasonally appropriate to talk about two companies that make a lot of our online shopping and gift giving possible. Um, The number of packages that get sent during the season is just phenomenal. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, UPS, FedEx and United States Postal Service expect 2 billion packages. They expect to deliver 2 billion. Um, And not only is that insane, but it's also 70% higher than it was in 2010. So that's a lot of lots, a lot of gifts, a lot of socks that's getting delivered. Um, so between the two companies we're talking about, um, they're obviously pivotal to all this activity. And if you're, uh, as a listener, are not familiar with them, FedEx is the world's largest express delivery firm. Uh, they pioneered overnight delivery in the 70s and are known for their huge air fleet, among other things. Its ticker symbol is FDX. United Parcel Service, um, unsurprisingly, their ticker is UPS, are the largest player. And they deliver an, on average 19 million packages a day across the globe. And they handle about 40% more volume than FedEx. So, Adam, management of both of these companies are probably super laser focused on the um, holiday season right now, which hasn't always been kind to them. Um, what do you reckon they're kind of prepping for? Yes. So uh, one of the issues that both FedEx and UPS have had over the years is that they need to invest a huge amount of money in order to handle that increased shipping volume that they see over the holidays. So FedEx um, has said that they expect uh, on three particular days, on three Mondays during this holiday season, that they're going to see uh, more than double of their daily average package volume. Wow. And so it is not easy when you have a, a company that's built to deliver a certain number of packages every day. Uh, all of a sudden for one month of a year or even a part of one month to start delivering twice as many packages. Um, and so that's the, the general problem that they have. And so both FedEx and UPS need to add additional capacity. Uh, and so that can involve opening extra sorting centers, um, finding extra, the short-term rentals on extra vehicles and even extra aircraft, uh, getting more people. So either paying overtime to their existing staff or hiring uh, temporary staff over the holidays. All of those things drive up costs Mm -hmm. um, because when there's a run on a particular item, such as delivery trucks, that's obviously going to to have an impact on your cost structure. Yeah. Um, And so so this is kind of what the both FedEx and UPS are struggling with. Um, So if we think about um, how they've been doing in the past over the holiday season, what you've typically seen is that the profit margins for um, FedEx ground, so that's the ground delivery portion of, of FedEx, and for UPS, uh, their domestic operations, um, it's often not as high as you would expect during the holiday seasons. And this has particularly been an issue for, for FedEx, uh, where uh, 2 to 3% is pretty average um, drop in their operating margin Mm -hmm. over the holiday season compared to the rest of the year. Um, And that actually may be understating the the extent of the problem because those are full quarterly results and uh, the holiday shipping season is only really one month out of that quarter. Uh, And so this is definitely something that both companies have said that they're working on, um, but so far they haven't haven't mastered uh, the art 
of getting capacity in at a reasonable cost for that peak shipping season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that we see a lot of companies uh, struggle to deal, deal with, but this is such a particularly big peak and trough. Um, having that elasticity in, in kind of your capacity is very difficult. I think UPS is hiring, I may get this wrong, but I think it's 95,000 uh, people this season. Um, just to actually go through the process to hire that amount of extra bodies is, is incredibly expensive and challenging, I'm sure. Um, are they doing any, are they going to do anything to try and combat these problems this holiday season and try and recoup some of that expenditure? Yeah, so both companies are definitely trying to solve this problem. Uh, And so one thing that they are both doing is investing a lot of money in technology. So they want to try to be as efficient as possible, uh, make it as easy as possible to scale up and scale down the amount of deliveries that they're doing uh, over the holiday season. So uh, one example of this is UPS has a technology that they've been working on for about at least five years um, called Orion, which is basically an automated tool that tells drivers how to do their route. And so it's basically using a huge amount of data about uh, traffic, about when uh, when particular people are going to be home to accept their deliveries, and it tries to create the most efficient routing so that uh, it essentially so that drivers can deliver more packages in a particular day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at both uh, at FedEx and also at UPS, they have come up with tools that allow them to move volume between um, their their sort of postal office products and their, their regular ground delivery products. So both of these companies have partnerships with the post office uh, where they can offer retailers and other shippers uh, a cheaper option uh, for FedEx, it's called Smart Post. For UPS, it's called Sure Post. And the idea is that uh, FedEx or UPS handles the the big job of getting the package um, to the zip code where it needs to go, but then they hand it off to the post office, and then the postal carrier does the final delivery, uh, which is the most expensive part of that process. And the the idea behind that is that the post office, because of all the mail that they carry they're going to every address every day. And so it's not as, as out of the way for them to do an extra delivery mm-hmm. of a package. Um, but what this technology does is it allows uh, FedEx and UPS to cut out that middleman of the post office if they know that they're already going to be going to that address or the next door address that same day. So if I have a package coming through regular UPS um, that's going to be delivered in two days and somebody else sends something by the sure post method, uh, UPS can tell that they're going to already be at my address. And instead of handing that second package off to the post office, they can deliver both um, and save time and save money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how they're trying to, uh, to cut costs. But they also need to raise revenue. And so uh, that's been the more controversial part um, of their, their plan. So for UPS in particular, they're going to be implementing uh, peak season shipping surcharges, um, which started this year, and they've already announced that they're going to be slightly raising the price of these surcharges next year. So during the um, the basically the two weeks uh, leading up to and immediately after Thanksgiving weekend, there's a 27 cent surcharge on FedEx, uh, sorry, UPS ground packages, and that surcharge then goes away for two weeks and comes back in the week before Christmas mm-hmm. um, for. Uh, the air packages, there are even higher surcharges. Uh, it's 81 cents on the next day air, and it goes up to 97 cents for the two-day and three-day packages. 
those surcharges are only in that last week before Christmas. So that's from December 17th up until December 23rd. And the idea behind these surcharges is to try to uh, give retailers an incentive to shape demand, not offer so many promotions with um, free shipping right around Black Friday or right in the last week before Christmas, and instead try to get their customers to spread out uh, what their orders over this whole one-month period because that will basically allow UPS to deliver the same number of packages um, spread out in a way that they won't need as many resources to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to make the, the very biggest shipping days a little smaller uh, and then the the less busy days during this season a little busier to average out. Um, so far, UPS is happy with how it's working. They think that they are seeing uh, some shift in the the shipping patterns uh, in response to this new pricing strategy. Yeah, I, I, I've, uh, uh, sorry, I saw the CEO um, talking about the difference between a want and a need. A lot of these deliveries are they would like yes. to have them. Um, and I think they've been very smart in terms of analyzing the data too. A lot of Black Friday purchases that are electronics, et cetera, are generally gifts for Christmas that can be delayed in their delivery. Um, and I think, as as you said, a lot of people are picking up these kind of delayed delivery options when it's a lower price impact. It's just how price sensitive people are to these things. Um, I think UPS announced... Uh, a general rate rise for next year of 4.9%. Is that effective on everything or is that just particular to these surcharges? Uh, that's a general uh, increase. Then they're increasing the surcharges on top of the wow, okay. overall 4.9%. Um, increase. Yeah. Well, I think to some degree, um, this kind of suggests a, an element of, of uh, pricing power that they have, given that there's kind of an oligopoly uh, in this industry. But do you think that FedEx is, is going to benefit at all from these price increases? Yeah, so FedEx thought about it and ultimately decided to not have a peak surcharge. The one thing that they are doing, which UPS is also doing, is um, implementing a bigger surcharge on oversized items um, because the generally the constraint in terms of what fits in a truck is, is space rather than weight. So really, really bulky items um, just aren't uh, worth it for them to be carrying mm-hmm. during this peak holiday season when their trucks are totally full. And so they're trying to... to uh, encourage people to not be sending these things. And if they need to, then they're going to charge them more. So that is one way that FedEx is responding. But for the most part, they're just hoping to gain market share by saying, you know, we're customer friendly. We're not going to charge you extra just because you need to ship something uh, around Black Friday or in the week before Christmas. Um, Of course, the problem is that that could leave them in the same place that they were last year, the year before, um, where they're incurring huge extra costs during this uh, December and late November period, and don't actually bring in enough revenue to um, justify those costs. So we'll just have to see how it works out for FedEx. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've been eroding margins um, for quite some time now. I think their their uh, contribution from the consumer segment margins fell from eighteen percent in twenty twelve to thirteen percent last year, which is a, which is a sizable um, shrinking something that we're not always used to seeing. But do you think this will have an impact on for retailers and uh, shoppers like? you and I. So uh, we are seeing some retailers start to change their policies in response to uh, to UPS implementing this holiday season surcharge. Uh, so Macy's, for instance, uh, which exclusively uses UPS for their shipping needs, Macy's um, decided that they're going to start offering uh, a little bit of an incentive to people who are willing to take a slower shipping speed. 
And so you'll get some Macy's money, which you can then use uh, later on during the holiday season or thereafter uh, in the store. So it, it's a, a way to both drive more traffic later on, but also convince people uh, to take the slower shipping speed, which is going to be cheaper for Macy's because they can wait until uh, a week later to ship it out and then um, ship it when there's no surcharge in effect. Um, and that's particularly something that works around Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Obviously, that doesn't work for people who are looking to buy a gift in the last um, week before Christmas. Those people just need it right away. Mm-hmm. And so for, for you know, at that point, Macy's is just going to have to pay the surcharges. Um, this no-rush shipping is, is not new to the retail industry. Amazon has been offering it, it for many years. Um, depending on what, you, what you're what you ordering, you, you will get an offer, $5 uh, off music, $10 off a Prime Now delivery, $10 off Amazon restaurants. There's always some kind of offer um, if you're willing to, you know, if you're a Prime member and you're willing to take uh, a seven to 10 day delivery, let's say, instead of the two day that you're entitled to. Mm-hmm. Um, What's going to be interesting here is just how many uh, consumers uh, t- take the retailers up on these offers just because once Amazon has gotten people used to having this free two-day shipping, and so now every retailer feels like they need to offer a free and fast shipping option, and consumers just expect that as standard. So even if they don't need something right away, it's not clear to me how many people will take that slower option, um, and it's going to really depend on how well the retailers target their offers to uh, convince people to to actually take them up on the slower shipping speed. Yeah, that will definitely be interesting. And it would change uh, the landscape uh, quite a lot if they manage that with this whole carrot method, like you were talking about offering something in return for slower shipping. If that really works, then it could really help a lot of these retailers to stop eroding margins by offering so much because delivery is just, it's uh, it's a crazy expensive. Actually, Mark Law, um, who's uh, with Walmart now, he was talking about that on the company's most recent earnings call. Um, and if anybody has the time to go check that out, it's really interesting what he's saying, talking about the implied costs of actually picking the product and shipping it and what that adds versus uh, in store is really incredible. Um, so based on kind of your knowledge of these two stocks now, Adam, which would you feel a bit, a little bit more confident about today? So I would say that I'm not a huge fan of either one right oh, now, wow. <laughs> um, but I would say that UPS uh, sounds like the, the better choice um, because FedEx has two issues right now. So first, they have a really big integration process with uh, this acquisition that they made a couple years ago of TNT Express, a big Dutch um, package delivery company. Um, there's big upside, but um, also a lot of risk in trying to get those two um, parts of the express business combined. Um, the second issue with FedEx uh, is that they have just been spending huge amounts on uh, CapEx. And part of that is um, trying to revamp their aircraft fleet for their express business. But another part of that is building up capacity for uh, FedEx ground because they're trying to deal with this peak situation just by adding more and more sorting centers and trucks every year. Um, UPS has been a little more disciplined on capital spending, so they've had much better free cash flow. Um, and so that's why I'd say that they're a slightly better option. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a caveat, I would say that UPS is also starting to increase their capex significantly, and so that could cut into free cash flow there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some people like UPS for their dividend too, but um, there really are only two players in this field. My last 
question for you is possibly a bit of a curveball, but I feel like we can't get away without mentioning it. Um, both stocks dropped in October when Amazon, or when it was announced that Amazon it was launching somewhat of its own fleet. Um, how much of a risk do you feel like this is to these stocks? So if Amazon is just delivering its own packages, then it's not much of a risk at all. Um, Amazon being such a large uh, shipper, it's going to carry very low margins. Um, as we've talked about, um, carrying these e-commerce deliveries is not very profitable, both because the, the high cost of residential deliveries, um, the space it takes up in the trucks, there's just a lot of downsides to it. Um, if Amazon starts to really um, go into the business um, as a, a business and selling delivery services to other companies, that would be um, a little more of a headwind. Uh, but FedEx and UPS have a pretty big moat uh, in terms of the, the sorting centers they have, the fleets they have. Um, that's not to say that Amazon couldn't enter the business. They've shown over the years that they're willing to spend billions or tens of billions of dollars um, once Jeff Bezos has decided that he wants to get into a new business. Um, but I think that FedEx and UPS really do have uh, a pretty big moat nonetheless. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I mean, Amazon, as you said, constitutes mid-single-digit proportion for UPS and uh, low-single-digit proportion for FedEx also. So um, I think it's it's very hard to get into this market, and I think people under, mi underestimate that. Uh, if you remember, DHL exited the U.S. market uh understandably, in 2009, after they were just losing money hand over fist. Obviously, that was a different economic environment, but it just shows you that this was an established um, company that invested a, a ton of money and they still couldn't make it work. It's just, it's a very hard business to get into. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Adam, for joining me on the show and hopefully uh, we'll have you back sometime soon. That sounds great. Well, that's it from us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus.fool.com or tweet us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Uh, for Adam, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thank you for listening and fool on. Fool on.